0: Hey, it's Gonzano I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast.
1: A production of John Bald Baldface Truth.
0: There's a lot of good people in sports media. There are, despite, you know, what... Other people in sports media will tell you that there are they're good people. Jim Moore is one of the good guys. Jim Moore on KJR co-hosts the show Puck and Jim on KJR. Former sports columnist at the Seattle PI, Seattle Sports, the News Tribune. He's a uh, he's a father. Is he a grandfather? Jim Moore, are you a grandfather?
1: I am a grandfather, yeah. I saw my uh, my granddaughter Addison yesterday, in fact. Yeah, my first one.
0: Give us an idea, the difference between fatherhood and grandfatherhood.
1: <laughs> well, it's probably no different than what other people are going to tell you, I mean, because you can just show up and, you know, read. Like yesterday, I was reading with her and playing a little Papa Shot game with her and <laughs> just kind of hanging out and, you know, holding her and, singing tour and all those kind of things. And then, you know, at about six o'clock I was like, well, grandpa's ready to go now. And (laughs) so grandpa left and then, you know, grandpa will come back next week. So yeah, I don't have the full-time responsibilities, but it's sure been fun. You know, it's, it's everything everybody said it would be.
0: Is the hysteria around Huskies national championship game, how has that felt to you in Seattle and in that market, you know, as you do your show and, and you and you see people in the grocery store and in other places. Well, well, you want
1: you want a professional answer or an unprofessional answer. I want a, I
0: want them all. Give them all, all full range. <laughs> full range, I baby. You,
1: I can't really give you much of a professional answer, and I say that for your listeners who have no idea who the heck I am. But I'm a kook, man. I, I just I love Washington State with all my heart, and I'm having a hard time with. Uh, Like, you know, there was somebody who texted me the other day who went to UW and and she was like, Jim, Jim, are you, you know, are you rooting for us? Are you pulling for us? You know, I mean, you know, it'd be good for the Pac-12. And I'm thinking, well, no, good for the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is over. And part of the reason it's over is because you guys left us. And then I'm just like, you're you're our arch rival, you know? And I, John, I try and tell myself, like, I'm a grown man. I'm 66 years old, but. I mean, I went to Washington state as a freshman in 1974 and I've been rooting against Washington ever since. I can't help it. It's just, it's the arch rival. It's, it's sports hate. You know, I'm happy. I've got a lot of friends who are Huskies and I'm happy for them, but I'm I'm unhappier for me with what they're doing. I want them to lose. They've won 21 games in a row. This is like a Cougars biggest nightmare. <laughs> and the other, the other, I, you know, and the other night and I was just sitting there, I was in a bar in Bend, Oregon and Yeah, I mean Texas shouldn't have had a chance to win that game. I mean because Dylan Johnson got hurt, it stopped the clock, and so then Texas gets the ball. I mean I'm telling you, listeners, everything that they already know, and you already know this too. But so they're down there knocking on the door. I'm I'm right in front of the TV, and I'm thinking, oh my god, come on, come on, football gods! All these years the Huskies have been saying to us, you guys cooped it, you guys cooped it, and I'm thinking this would be one of the biggest joke jobs in college football history if they were to blow that game and with one second left I was just like come on Quinn Ewers can you just find a receiver and I don't know what the hell they were doing throwing it out in the flat on first down and then he yeah. o- you know threw it out in the back of the end zone on second down I'm going what are you guys doing you guys have enough time to get this done and win by one but did I answer I don't even know what your question was but no, no that's fine it, no you it, answered I, it beautifully I, 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 I work for the flagship station in Seattle for Washington football. And so it was kind of funny the other day because, well, actually it was yesterday, not the other day. Our boss didn't really want to put Jason Puckett and me on the air on Tuesday. He really wrestled with it. And he decided to just kind of, and he's a coob too, Jason is. And so he, he kind of just decided to go halfway with it. Instead of a three-hour show, he's going to give us one hour. I guess because he feels like we won't screw it up too bad in one hour, but we could just make a complete, you know, buffoonery out of it in three. And so, um, yeah, he told me that he, he was just having a hard time trying to figure out if he should put two Cougs on the air, especially if the Huskies win the national championship.
0: But the point is, though, that you speak for a segment of the audience. I mean, there's got to be a segment of that KJR audience that is wrestling with the same stuff you're wrestling with. I, I think
1: so. But you, you want to hear something that makes me a bad Coug? I, John, we've talked about it because you, you come on our show. I can't believe that Washington's an underdog in this game against Texas and then a, a double-digit dog against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. And so finally I just thought, I, I bet on Washington against Texas, but I'm, I'm standing there rooting <laughs> for Texas. How messed up is that?
0: That is really. I had twisted. like a hundred
1: bucks. I had a hundred hundred bucks on Washington and four the other night, but I I wanted to lose, and I've already bet on on Washington plus four and a half against Michigan. I just don't think they should be an underdog in this game. Yeah. Is, is Vegas not watching the Huskies? Are, are they not watching them? Do they not? They're see not. what
0: We're seeing the whole country's not <laughs> watching. You know, I I don't. I think everyone outside of the Pacific time zone is not watching. They they haven't watched that team all year. If they did, um, at worst that would be a pick em. Well, that's what I was thinking. It should be a pick I,
1: I just, I don't know. You know, I'm, I, I guess I've already told you how old I am. I've, I've been watching Washington football forever. When I was a kid, um, I used to go to the games with my mom, and I was a Husky fan growing up, and loved Sonny Sixkiller. And so that was my first experience watching a Husky quarterback. And there have been great Husky quarterbacks over the years, but Michael Penix, I don't know who throws a better deep ball than that guy. I, I mean, you could go down. It's a long list of good Husky quarterbacks. And I've been asking people when they you know, come on the show, you know, hey, where does he rate top three all time in Washington history, top five? Where, where is he? And right now I'm thinking he might be number one. In
0: 2015, Oregon played Ohio State National Championship. Every local TV station in every market in the state traveled to the game. It was all ducks all the time. Is the Seattle media market doing the same thing? Do you expect all the TV stations to be live down in – you know, in Houston for the game and all that. I'm going to the game, Jim. Like, do you expect everybody to be there?
1: I think so. I, I know the guys from King TV are going to be down there. I'm pretty sure that that Fox 13 has a crew down there. The CBS crew probably would be down there. Yeah, it's a – I mean, clearly, it, it's a huge story. And Washington hasn't had something like this since 1991 when they were unbeaten and, and won whatever you want to call the national championship that year. So yeah, it's it, it's just a huge story, and and so I'm I'm hoping you know that if they end up winning, that I'll you know be a professional about it and congratulate them and tip my cap and and then throw up when I get out of the studio.
0: <laughs> Jim Moore, K J R in Seattle with us. Uh, you were at the Seattle PI for twenty five, twenty six years. You went, uh, you know, been in that market on radio and in writing and at the News Tribune. Uh, writing columns, and, you know, you've had a long run there. Where does where does this rank, you know, when you look at the Seahawks Super Bowls and you look at, you know, maybe some of the heyday of Washington State going to the Rose Bowl, Where, you know, this run that Kalen DeBoer is on, the Mariners, you know, in uh, Ken Griffey Jr., like, where does this kind of rank or does it fall in a dry spell for Seattle sports where the market needed something like this? Like, give us a 20,000-foot view.
1: No, I think it's, you know, if you want to rank them, I I guess it would be, you know, top five, maybe even top three. I guess you'd have to go with uh, the Seahawks winning the Super Bowl as number one. uh, And the Mariners haven't been to the World Series yet, so you can't really go with them too far up there. Uh, But, you know, I go back to a time when Washington football was the biggest thing in town. And certainly, I mean, the the pro teams came in, the Sonics, uh, when I was a kid, and then then we got got the other pro teams too, but no, it's, it's right up there. I just, I haven't seen a team like this, John. I haven't seen an offense like this because we were talking about Dylan Johnson getting hurt the other night. And I should ask you a question about that because Puckett and I went back and forth on that one um, because of the clock stoppage and how that seemed unfair to me to Washington, that that they had to stop the clock and they couldn't continue the clock because because he was hurt it just didn't make sense but I mean even if Dylan Johnson doesn't play uh, in the in the national championship game I think Washington will still win the game I, I mean they can be one of those teams that can be one-dimensional and you still can't stop them
0: yeah and I think it's a tough spot because if you start allowing that injury to not stop the clock you know how do, how do teams game that system I guess you have to stop it I kind of wonder this let me let me ask you what you think of this so he gets hurt, and then it seems like Washington has gone way out of their way in the last 72 hours to kind of say he's okay, he's going to play. I kind of think if he were okay and going to play, they would leave more doubt out there, wouldn't they? I, I, I'm, maybe I'm paranoid. I don't know. What do you, how do you read their reaction, and do you think Dylan Johnson is okay? Well,
1: I don't think – I don't know what percent he is, but he's not going to be 100, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, I suppose being the last game, he's going to suck it up, they'll shoot him up with something, and then it, he'll be good to go. I, 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 Yeah, you know, since you said that, I guess it is a little surprising. There should have been some gamesmanship there. But uh, maybe they just I, – I appreciate that they come out with that because it seems like in college football you don't get that very often. And, and so for them to be honest about it, they think he's going to play, uh, that's a good sign for all Husky fans.
0: What I like about you as a sports columnist over the years is you surprised me. You're a terrific writer and reporter, but you always surprise people. I, I just found out that, you know, you wrote one time about Tiger Woods, but you wrote, didn't write about Tiger. You wrote about his dogs. Did you get to ask uh, him that? Did you ask him about his dogs? Well, <laughs> I, was,
1: well I appreciate the compliment. I, I just probably like you. You try and write something that somebody else isn't writing. I just, you know, like, I want you, if you're going to come to the Post Intelligence Center and read something I wrote, I don't want you to be able to find it somewhere else, you know, with it, somebody else's writing. And so I went, it was a Masters one year, and I got sent back there to cover the tournament. And Tiger was doing his, you know, pre-tournament press conference, and I got up in the front row, and I, so, I'm getting nervous <laughs> thinking about it because because <laughs> I'm sitting there, John, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, everybody... All these golf writers, you know, are asking all these questions about Tiger, can you defend your championship? Tiger, what what about this? How's the state of your game? All these different things. And I'm just going, kinda of raised my hand and then I was recognized and I go, Jim Moore, Seattle Post Intelligencer. Hey Tiger, I know you got a border collie. Um, can you can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about what it's like what do you think it's like being Tiger Woods dog? And oh, he man. you should have seen him. He brightened up, he started smiling. He was real engaging. I think he was sick of the golf questions. Yes. I followed up, you know, with something about what he feeds him, what he does with him for fun. I mean I only got one follow up. And then but I could feel everyone glaring at me like
0: (laughs) Oh the golf writers, yeah.
1: Yeah, who's this idiot in the front row wasting our time with Tiger Woods and his dog? And I thought, What the hell? I just kinda went back to my room that night and wrote it up and Banged it out and posted it, and <laughs> there you go. Well, and no I one always, else had a Tiger Woods dog column.
0: No, and and you look around the golf media tent, and half those golf writers are wearing golf shoes, and it's like you know, I you're not wearing cleats when you cover football, like you know, why are you wearing golf shoes if you're a golf writer? And then you you kind of you're right in in that he got he gets the same question over and over and over again. And I and when as you were telling that story, I was thinking. You know, my very first radio interview, I, I interviewed President Obama on radio. And I got, oh, you know, wow. it was, I was the only radio station in the state. I was nervous because I didn't know what to ask him. And before the interview, my wife, who's smarter than me, she said, just ask him about sports. Ask him what, talk to him about mm-hmm. what you want to know. And don't ask him about health care. Don't ask him about, you know, to his, his foreign relations policy. And, and you should have heard it. The minute he recognized we weren't going to talk about all that other nonsense, we weren't talking about the economy or anything, mm-hmm. he pepped right up. He started talking about the White Sox and throwing out the first pitch and being at his kids' uh, soccer games, and suddenly he was very relatable.
1: Yeah, it's funny, John. I, I think you, you try and do the same thing that I always tried to do as a columnist, is just you know, find out who the person is under the uniform. I mean, that's... Like Luke Wilson is a good example. He played for the Seahawks for several years and when we used to interview him on the radio, I think he appreciated coming on our show because we didn't hammer him with football questions. We just you know, asked him a bunch of personal questions. Now you can sometimes go too far with the personal questions, but Luke Luke appreciated it and I think, you know, listeners and and uh, readers of your column, um I hope they do too.
0: Jim Moore with us KJR in Seattle, longtime sports columnist Seattle PI. Uh, In other places, Uh, Oklahoma State today just announced that their quarterback Alan Bowman has been granted a seventh year of eligibility. You got Bo Nix, who started sixty-one games. Dylan Gabriel's played forty-nine college starts. He's you got these guys, Jim, that are staying in college uh, way too long. Is this good for the game? Is it bad for the game? What do you what do you make of all this? (laughs) I know.
1: I hadn't heard that. I, you know, seven years seems a little excessive. I don't, I don't know what, um, what caused that or what, what's prompting the kid to come back. But, I mean, all in all, John, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't really like where we are with college football, and it's a shame because it's, it's my favorite sport. I mean, I just, I just love Washington State football, and I love Pac-12 football. I, Pac-12 after dark. I don't care who's playing. Arizona, California. I mean, Stanford, I'll watch their games. I mean, it, it just bums me out, the whole thing. But if a kid wants to come back for a seventh year, I mean, what's he going to be, like, 25 years old? I mean, I, I go back and forth on that because I really, I saw what you wrote, too, um, John, about Bo Nix, and, and I appreciated that he came back. I mean, that's a game that most kids like him would have opted out of. I mean, they're playing Liberty. Come on. Like, that game couldn't have meant that much to them in the big picture, but, it seems like Bo Nix was the kind of kid that I like to think that my kids would do, too. Like, you know, play with your teammates one more time. You might get hurt. You might be like the old Miss quarterback who got hurt a couple of years ago. And everybody, oh, he shouldn't have played. And, but, you know, I just, I just really appreciated that about him, that he came back and did that. And there's just so many. The college, I still will watch the bowls, And um, I still enjoy them. And part of it's just because I bet on them. But, you know, I mean, it's just so crazy, all the, all the opt-outs. <laughs> I didn't even tell – you know, the other the other thing that really bummed me out about Washington winning the other night? Okay, get this. I, I, I'm sorry. You probably got to go to break no, or something. No, but, no, no, no.
0: I'm, okay, I'm here for you. Okay,
1: so I was in a bowls pool, and I don't know if this is good parenting or bad parenting, probably a little of both, but, I mean, my kids are into gambling a little bit too, so like father, like son. And, and so we're in this college football bowls pool, and we're sitting on going into the final game if Texas had won – Mikey, one of my twins, would have won. He would have won the whole thing, sixteen hundred bucks. Wow. I would have finished. I would have finished second, eight hundred dollars. And Stevie, the other twin, he would have finished fifth and won a hundred. So I added it up. I'm going, got twenty five hundred. It's not if bad. I can, no wonder I'm standing in front of the TV just shouting and yelling and hoping <laughs> they were going to cougar. it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. and then, <laughs> you know, after it was over, though, I called Mikey to see if he was okay, and he was like. Am I okay? No, I'm not okay, Dad. He goes, God, I just hate the husky so much, and I'm so, I'm going, God, I'm so proud of you, son, for saying that. So, <laughs> I feel like I raised him right, but I, you know, in a way, I'm kind of going, well, okay, it was probably a good lesson in gambling uh, for him to lose like that, so he can see what that. You know, he didn't lose sixteen hundred; it was a fifty dollars entry fee. But um, anyway, I'm, I'm just this, rambling here, man. It, no, I, just, I, it, I can't stand the. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. In the state of Oregon, the, you know, DraftKings is the uh, preferred wagering site. The uh, the tribal casinos can take bets on college games, but, uh, you know, people who are not inside a tribal casino can't wager on a college game. What's going on in the state of Washington with that? Can you, can you use it? Can you, can people in Washington bet on the Huskies or not?
1: No, you can't. Um, I do it illegally. <laughs> I mean, I'll just admit it to you. I mean... Jim I do, you Moore. know, one of those, offshore, one of those <laughs> offshore sites. Like, what, is somebody going to come by and just cuff me or something, you know? There you I mean, goes. Knock,
0: knock me. on you. We're going to hear sirens in the background. <laughs>
1: Jim. <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead and lock me up for betting, you know, 20 bucks on a college football game. if you want. But, no, to answer your question, you can't bet on Washington or Washington State. And I don't know if they're worried about being too close to the teams. Like, there might be some point-shaving. Hmm. Or something going on. Um, it's kind of crazy what they have too. The tribal casinos. It's all. I mean, they've got sports books, and you go in there, and you feel like you're in Vegas. Uh, but you, you can download their app, but the app doesn't work unless you're in their parking lot. It just doesn't make sense. If it doesn't you're gonna make have any an sense. app. Yeah. No, so I would think that if you drove to the casino to get in the parking lot, so the app would work, that they would want you to come in. Maybe buy a couple beers, you know, while you're gambling. But it, it's a weird one. But no, you can't you can't legally bet on the Cougs or the Huskies here.
0: So so here's an angle that I just thought: like if uh, you and I are working at the Seattle PI, do you think state legislatures or um, those who would benefit would have looked at the game, the Texas Washington game, and rooted for Texas, saying? hey, now we can take bets on the college football playoff game, but because Washington's in the game, how much revenue is going to be lost, I wonder? No, I know. It's, it's insane. I, I just
1: I don't understand it. I, what do you think it is? What, do you think it's the possibility of point-shaving and getting the kids? Uh, cause you're I think so it's close? the... Because the, I mean, I think, the kids, kids yeah. now with the NIL deals, I don't think they're going to be interested in that as maybe as much as they might have been in the past.
0: Then they can monitor all that stuff. So I think it's probably just more the illusion that they have control. And we're not totally selling out now. If Washington or Washington State are involved in the game, you can't bet on it. But they can they can track all that. If somebody places a hundred thousand dollar bet on the Huskies, all of a sudden, you know, they can go back and look and go, okay, did right. was this a legitimate wager? So I think it's just the illusion of control and ethics. But you know, in the end, it's still I guess, gambling. But that, but-
1: yeah, no, you're right. I think that's a good point. I mean, if Texas have won, I'm sure they'd be there'd be a lot more money coming in um, Monday night than there than there is now.
0: Hundred percent. All right. So for the record, you would like Washington to lose, but you're betting on Washington.
1: Correct. I know that that doesn't make sense. <laughs> that doesn't make sense at all. I've also got I got twenty five bucks on Washington at seven to one to win the whole thing. I, wow. I figured I might as well. I mean, what's that, 175 bucks. I, I really don't want to win that one, though. Just, just as a Kroog, you know, it's, like, it's kind of funny, though, because Husky fans don't feel that way about us, but they certainly do toward the Ducks. Because we had, we had Cam Cleland on today, former tight end at Washington. He's a color analyst on the broadcast. And he admitted that if the Kooks were in the national championship, so, so Cam's got a great imagination, even imagining the Kooks being in the national right. championship game. Right. But he, said, he said 100% he'd be rooting for us. And then I said, what about the Ducks? And there was this long pause. Long silence, yeah. yeah. No, no, couldn't do it for the Ducks. Interesting. That's what I try and tell Husky fans. I just say, it's just like what you guys feel toward the Ducks that we feel toward you. And they still don't quite understand that, but oh well.
0: All right, Jim, I'm going to let you go, but uh, one last question. Uh, Washington State, Oregon State. You know, they, they, they're buying some time, clearly, with the partnerships with the WCC and the Mountain West, offloading football to the Mountain West for a little bit. How are you feeling now after the settlement and uh, some chaos with Florida State? Does it make you feel encouraged at all that Oregon State and Washington State eventually rejoin Power 5 football, or are you still sort of shaking your head at what happened?
1: Well, you told me on Tuesday I should feel better. And so I'm trying to feel better about it. You did. You told us on our show because I asked you, you know, and you said, "Yeah, yeah we should be encouraged." And I, and you know, I have so much respect for you and what the job you do covering this conference. That, um, you know, I'm I'm looking at it like that, and I, it's hard for me not to be a skeptic and cynic because that's kind of what I am. But right. I, I I like what you're telling me, and I like how we're fighting back, and we're not just saying. Oh, woe is me. I mean, I just I I mean, I'm I'm pack two. I mean, in the bowls pool I was pack two for life. That was my team name, you know. I mean I just I love my school so much and I've always loved the beads too, and I can't get enough of the chainsaw, man. Whenever that chainsaw is going, I'm all fired up, you know. Let's go beads, you know. <laughs> I love So it. I'm hoping that we could we can just kind of bond together and make something out of it. In my ideal world, I wanna see Washington and Oregon crawling back asking us some after all these flights you know 30,000 feet six hours to wherever they're going to go like I'm really looking forward to those games against Rutgers I'm sure those kids are going to really enjoy that and then I want them to come crawling back and then just kind of going please will you take us back please take us back And, and I'm hoping that we just say screw you we're not taking you back get the hell out of here you ditched us we don't want you so anyway I just live in a
0: dream world John Jim Moore, KJR in Seattle. Jim, good luck to you on Monday in this title game. Hope you win your bets, and uh, may, I hope it works out for you one way or another.
1: Okay, John. Thanks for Appreciate having me.
0: Appreciate you. All right, there he is, Jim Moore. He's a grandpa now. You know, some authenticity there. I love that. You know, he's, he's being real. Stephen, can you relate to that at all? Like, here he is. He's wagering on Washington and rooting that he loses.
1: I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> like, if I'm betting on a team, I gotta root for my bet. Uh-huh. Like, even if it's a team that I hate. But I, it would be, it would be hard. I will say, like, if, if you know, like you said, if the Cougars got the national championship, that's a sentence you don't say. If the Blazers got to an NBA finals and I really thought they were gonna lose, I, I don't know that I can make that bet. I, I think I would just have to not bet on the game. But if I make a bet, I'm gonna root for my bet to win. G- green over everything.
0: He's actually in an in a advantageous position because there's a spread there. Where, you know, he's getting how many points now? Is it five and a half?
1: Yeah, yeah. he, he can hope Michigan wins by three, yeah. and then he wins both those things. So, I mean, it's he, a great spot. Yeah.
0: So he can say, I'll take the five and a half, and a close loss works for Jim Moore. Anna's going to pop into the studio. Uh, we're going to get a visit later in the show from Killer Burger. They want to pop on. They've done something good for the BFT Foundation and kids in the community. Uh, one of their uh, franchisees will be joining us just for a, a quick call later in the show. I want you to hear about it. Plus... Punch it audio in the five at five. Still at head.
1: Leave it here. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald
0: Face Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.